When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Dr. D here, popping in just to tell you about our friendly neighborhood painting gallery. The painting gallery with no name is a friendly painting competition to encourage accountability to that pile of shame. At the end of the season, praise and prizes will be given out as a reward. At the end of the season, the Fury's Finest Discord will vote on two winners. These winners will get a prize, and then we will raffle out additional prizes to the remaining participants. We will announce the winners on the show and celebrate one of the best parts of the hobby. This season's theme is an Asgardian. MCP, 3D printed, or a Marvel board game will all count as long as they follow this theme. Remember, take a picture of your unpainted or lightly painted model, then paint the heck out of it. Take four photos of your freshly completed masterpiece and send us all five photos to furypainting at gmail.com by October 3rd to submit your entry. Make sure your five pictures have your name on the file so we know who to send the prizes to. Good luck and have fun. I speak for everyone when I say we are excited to see what you managed to paint. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea. Bring together a group of remarkable people. See if they can become something more. Like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast devoted to the discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Egan, and I'm joined by my co-host Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, I'm doing good. It's a rare daytime recording for us. I love it. Yeah, uh, we're off the heels of the Fury Open, which was fantastic. You know, I expect that we'll have some huge news soon, starting to get leaks on Sabretooth and Wolverine on the terrain pack, things like that, but no cards yet. We are getting that new affiliation with that, though. Isn't that Kind of amazing. Yeah. Seems right up our alley, right, Chris? Well, yeah, and it it just brings up so many questions on whether this – is this going to be like a winter guard scenario where it's like, yeah, this is the team and you've maybe got – Four, four or five, five models to pick from, you know, one of those teams that's maybe a splash affiliation type things, or is it going to get fleshed out? I you just don't know. Are we, is Laura going to be on that team? Is, is Domino going to be on that team? Is classic Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. It's just Our all new kinds. Cap. Omega red, even uh, to a degree. No, take that back. They've done crazier things in the game, Chris. Yeah. Adding people on affiliation lists. We're tiptoeing around it because we're so excited about it. And we saw it on the, list of contents of the terrain the weapon x bunker terrain pack but that of course is the weapon x affiliation card is listed on that pack so yeah yeah we know we know who's weapon x in the game currently like the obvious ones but yeah it gets more interesting outside of like things like does classic cat fit in there and stuff i would love that so much but i will tell you know i'm excited about all the c-list characters yeah that, that we weapon possibly plus get. stuff yeah mm. So yeah, yeah. it's really exciting. And it's just, it's fun for Chris and I here because we are such big fans of these characters and Weapon X in particular. So kind of amazing. They're going to add a sub faction, but I think you're right, Chris. I think it might be a Wakanda winter guard type situation where it's just a smaller team. And that's okay because if you're already like a main X-Men player like I am or something, how cool would it be to have a little tiny splash of Weapon X in there because you're already bringing said models in Weapon X potentially, right? And you could have a little sub-faction within your primary faction of your 10-character roster. Time will tell. That's a very Jesse thing. I I like to kind of run one one faction, Mm -hmm. period. Maybe two different leaderships of that faction. Maybe. (laughs) But yeah. I think that's what this would be. Jesse's all about that uh, Avengers with both Captain Americas 
and uh, splash Wakanda because Black Panther's also in your Avengers list. You know what I mean? You know, just yeah, three my, these different are my possibilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My tournament lists are always mono faction. Yes. Because I have splash characters for specific roles and specific roles only. So in order to bring in the splash characters, you got to cut the secondary leaders. But right. my fun teams, heck yeah, I'm bringing Amazing Spider-Man with Miles and I'm doing both leaderships. You know, I'm jumping back <laughs> yeah, and man. forth between games. Also honorable mention while we're here, Chris, because everyone knows I'm a big terrain guy and a huge Logan fan. What would make this Weapon X terrain box complete? It would be Logan's bike. Logan's bike is in here. We've I seen know. it now. We've we got a visual confirmation. It's great too, because weirdly enough, Atomic Mass has not made any motorbikes, motorcycles, choppers, or scooters or anything like that in the game yet. I think there'd be a nice smaller than a car terrain piece, you know, kind of flush out some boards. So I think we're gonna see a lot of Logan's bike certain places. What if it's got a what if it's got a tactics card? Oh man, you never what know. If he, what if he's within two of that bike, he can like <laughs> play a tactic card and move long or something? <laughs> Yeah, like Ghost Riders, Hell on Wheels. Very good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very exciting. But yeah, we're going to have to hold our breath until we get more information on that. And of course, Pyro and Blob, and which I'm sure will be in the coming future. But we're kind of in Sentinel mode right now, getting ready for that. There's been a lot of news on the Sentinels, crazy stuff that, you know, of course, came right after we recorded our episode. But the Sentinels basically have their own version of a mix of field dressing and patch up sort of, which is great turning one of the mark fours from injured to healthy side removing all damage amazing the prime has to pay for it and then of course the sentinels have their new card which affiliates someone else on their team with the sentinels gives them flight gives them immunity bleed gives them immunity poison so turning someone in your team into a uh, cyborg well done i was wondering how they were going to implement that and that's just yeah such a such an elegant solution to kind of implement that that lore wise but also Give some flexibility for this team, for this affiliation, be able so you can actually build lists. That's absolutely true, Chris. Yeah, I mean, building lists, people are going to really dive in deep now, I, I imagine, and as oh, they yeah. should, because they have more information. But we'll get on more signals in the future when we get more of their content. But today, Chris, we're not doing any of that. So we had just finished our convocation series, and we kind of bookended it with the Dark Dimension, which was really fun. So we did all the wizards and ended with Dormammu. And today, we're re- returning back to the criminal syndicate. But I say we're turning back. We're starting a new leadership of the criminal syndicate and we're going to flesh out the rest of our criminals that we that have come out since we did the early criminals in the early days of Fury's Finest. And that, of course, leads us to start with Shadowland Daredevil, the second leader of the criminal syndicate today. What a leader he is. Absolutely. So I think we just got to get right to business. Fury's Finest is supported by Discount Games, Inc., Go to Discount Games, Inc. for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy this show, consider supporting us with a monthly contribution and joining our patron Discord. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. This week, we want to send out a very special thank you to Z10NATO. Thanks, buddy. A ever-present member of the patron Discord. He's always getting those games. It's impressive. Always in the Secret Wars League, doing really well. And we could not do this show without the support of individuals like this, Chris. Thanks, man. Of course, Chris, we could not do this show without our Avenger producers, Rusty, Dylan, Nathan, Brian, and Rich. Thank you, Avengers. Thank you so much. All right, Chris, let's get over to Shadowland Daredevil lore. Well, Jesse, since we've got, you know, kind of a character that there's not much on lore wise right and we got two characters today which is kind of unique for our lore we're gonna kind of go ahead and wrap this all into an all-around discussion of the hand and you know talk a little bit about the shadowland daredevil comic event that really did feature the beast taking over matt murdoch's body and leading the hand in the middle of new york city imposing martial law very interesting concept. Absolutely. Some very cool things, but we'll get there. Yeah. And something I'm really excited about, Chris, is not only are we doing a new leader in the game today and a second leader of the criminal syndicate, but we're also doing our first instance of the grunts. You've already mentioned the hand and that's who we're doing. We're doing the hand ninja grunts on top of doing Shadowland Daredevil. So this will be a new venture for Fury's Finest where we cover not only the main character, 
But as Chris said, we're going to focus on what the grunts are in this universe, what they mean, because turns out, Chris, since this character's come out, we've gotten other characters that have grunts. So this is going to come up again on our show in the future. And I'm really excited just to talk about the grunts from a lore perspective as well. And that's going to kind of frame our entire discussion today because it does all revolve around the hand. Well, it absolutely does, Jesse. So it's going to be kind of a different format. We're not really going to get into first appearances and and things like that. Of course, Frank Miller would uh, kind of bring the hand into Marvel Comics uh, while he reinvigorated Daredevil. And he also is the creator of Elektra, who we will be talking about next episode. That guy's done a lot. He's done a lot. He's done a lot. And he's done a lot for our boy, Matt. That's right. I mean, Daredevil would be just a completely different character than what he is today without Frank Miller. And I'm very thankful for that as a Daredevil enthusiast. So the hand, the hand has been around for 800 years or so now. It was founded in feudal Japan. It was founded as a tool for the authoritarian samurai it would eventually become, for a limited time, kind of a you know mountains resistance ninja for the people type thing. But then the evil Snake Root clan would worm their way into power, take over, and turn the hand into these immortal ninjas. Immortal. Keyword. That's what they are. They are kind of zombies. They've got the power to kill you and then bring you right back without any will of your own. Tough way to go. Yeah, tough way to go. And then now you're part of the hand. Now, the entity that gives the hand this this power is there. It's kind of a mix between liege lord, daimyo, and god. But he is, of course, the beast. And he is a very powerful demon. In the Marvel Universe. And of course, the Marvel Demon is a little different from the Western idea, uh, you know, kind of Christian idea of what a demon is. It's from the underworld, yes. Powerful, yes. But there are, what do you want? I, I guess more rules and just maybe not as bent on evil, more bent on an idea. And this one is kind of the hand ruling, you know, everything. Of course, they're just very power hungry. Of course, the hand would persist through the centuries, but in modern times, what we really want to kind of talk about is their counterparts, and that is the Chaste. The Chaste is a group of highly trained, highly skilled, or powered uh, individuals that oppose the hand, and the Chaste are led by Stick, who we have discussed before, Stick raised and trained a daredevil after Matt's father's death. Stick had a large hand in training Elektra, just a a very powerful kind of mentor figure in the Marvel Universe, in the daredevil kind of mythos. So this kind of brings us to modern times, of course, or modern comic history. Of course, we have the hand and we have Daredevil in Hell's Kitchen, who is loosely affiliated with Stick. The hand is very much one of his principal enemies. You have Elektra, his love interest that has been killed by Bullseye, but brought back as a servant of the hand, an assassin of the hand, eventual leader of the hand, now back under her actual own autonomy. And the hand eventually offers leadership post-Electra, when Electra leaves, to Daredevil. And after a lot of soul-searching and rigmarole, Matt will accept the role of leader of the hand, the role as leader of the hand, and his goal would to would be to use the hand for good. Change it from top down. Within. Yeah, yeah. Change, change it from within. So, of course, there's more to the hand than Matt thanks. You're right. He doesn't realize that at the core of this is the beast and the beast has no goal but power. And his means of achieving that power is through kind of causing chaos, causing absolute, literally anarchy in the streets, just for for some reason as he gains power, some kind of, I don't know, vibes, man, that he puts off kind of just make people upset and uh, kind of put his influence over them. And so here we are 
Matt Murdock has accepted the leadership of the hand, and this is fresh off the heels of Bullseye leveling an entire city block in New York. On top of this city block, Daimyo Daredevil would erect a Japanese-style castle called Shadowland. This would be the seat of his power, and Hell's Kitchen was now under the protection and authority of the hand. Police are driven out, government driven out. There are now immortal undead ninjas lurking in every shadow. Wow. And Matt's fully under the control of the beast now. No, not quite. With the killing of Bullseye, that began the beast really taking over Matt. Nope. And with every decision that Matt makes, putting him kind of at odds with really American ideals, just falling into pure authoritarianism. I mean, I'm desperate, really. We're talking Mm. absolute capital punishment for minor offenses, holding entire, you know, subterranean castles worth of people prisoner for no reason other than maybe they were a cop or maybe there were a reporter that asked too many questions. Just, you know, pure authoritarianism, iron hand. And as as the beast slowly takes over Matt's body, of course, all of his decisions are clouded by the beast at this point. So as he distances himself from other New York heroes and his friends, mm-hmm. surrounds himself with new lieutenants, Black Tarantula, White Tiger, he would push Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Colleen Wing, you know, his defenders cohorts actively pushes them away, actively pushes away Foggy Nelson hmm. and just sinks into this role. He He's not even living as Matt Murdock anymore. He is Lord Daredevil almost exclusively. And so due to this and the superpower or supernatural kind of state of this, you're going to start getting a lot of interest in taking Matt down. At the center of this, we're going to have Luke Cage. We're going to have Iron Fist. We're going to have the Kingpin, Misty Knight. Moon Knight, a lot of kind of cameo appearances in this one. Hmm. But at the end of the day, really, Elektra is going to kind of save the day here. She's going to double agent, get on the inside and open it up for the heroes to confront the beast who is now fully in control. And of course, it's all going to work out in favor of our heroes. But really, the bottom line is about this is. The hand's kind of cool, man. Mm-hmm. Mystic, undead ninjas, uh, really cool aesthetic. Been working from the shadows for yeah. nearly a thousand years. Yeah. You know, these are all these are all concepts that kind of appeal to me, other than the authoritarianism part, uh, you right. know, and just kind of pure evil part. I also <laughs> wouldn't want to be raised from the dead no. to serve them. Not one bit. Yeah, you lose a lot of your autonomy and uh, you just become the part of the hand as like a hive. It's like a hive unit. You know, it really, really is, which is kind of what happens to Murdoch and the storyline, of course, you know, the way to hell is paved with good intentions, right? Right. When you start making compromises, thinking of, ah, the greater good is going to outweigh these. It's hard to do from a superhero perspective because it's a great way for writers to just slip in all these bad things. (laughs) Yeah. And the hand is definitely one of those bad things. The beast is definitely one of those bad things. Daredevil as the Beast. Very interesting. Uh, The Beast will enhance Matt's strength, speed, senses, everything. He's a metahuman once the Beast takes over. Absolute no remorse, purely focused on his goal. No semblance of caring whatsoever anymore. Just power. So if you do want to check out Shadowland, I would recommend looking up a reading list, maybe on uh, Wikipedia or or something of the sort. But I'm not sure that I would really, truly recommend it, though, Jesse. Okay. uh, Like I said, it's a very cool concept. There's some very cool things that happen. I really do enjoy getting some time with some more minor characters like Black Tarantula, like Paladin, Shadow Knight, uh, the Shroud, a Silver Sable makes an appearance. This is cool stuff, right? Uh, we even mm-hmm. get some Juggernaut in here. Pretty cool. Wow. I always love Electra. This is all good stuff, but it's really just not that fun to read. Mm. Despite the all these cool and, concepts and everything, yeah. the pacing, the dialogue, the actual developments within these kind of one shots, or they just don't feel very consequential. And, and it's very, a little overly melodramatic for me. 
Maybe a little more action. I don't know. <laughs> I have to digest a little more. Do you have a recommendation, Chris? For the of, beast? Yeah, or just the hand in general. Oh, for the hand in general. Mm-hmm. Just read Frank Miller's Daredevil, baby. That's right. And see how just basically he established the hand in the ethos. Not just of this, but like the entire Daredevil mythos. If you have listened to any of these Daredevil centric yeah. episodes, and that kind of that's kind of what Kingpin, Daredevil himself Shadowlands. Shadowlands, Luke Cage to a minor extent. Soon to be Electra. Oh, Electra's coming up. Bullseye. Big time bullseye. Yep. All past episodes of the show, yeah, you can dive into. Yes. Yeah. These are all going to be really explored and fleshed out in Frank Miller's Daredevil run. And from there, there's not really many bad Daredevil runs. Right. Anderson Maleev is awesome. Yeah. Charles Soul run of of recent is very cool. Chip Zdarsky, one of my favorite right, maybe my favorite comic book writer at the moment. We've talked about it a lot. But yeah. his his Daredevil run, I have just waxed poetic about on this podcast. It's a must read. So okay, there's a lot of great Daredevil content out there. Yeah, that I would uh, recommend you read before you get to this one. Just saying. Okay, very good. Yeah, Chris, what I like about this storyline and the Beast, and you said this sort of good intentions paving the way to damnation sort of thing is these are concepts that have always been part of Matt Murdock's character, which is why we love him so much. Oh yeah. And he's always a tragic figure, right? Well, yeah. And he is, and he truly is so moral. We talked about this pillar of his, but he struggles with this sort of Batman idea, right? This sort of like going too far with the bad guys, you know, but then he's got this like inner moral compass and his, the way he truly is and his Catholicism, all these things he has. And then he's got his street level actions that he does. And he's always trying to balance them. Let's also not forget pillar of his character is his day job, you know, (laughs) which is like repping the little guy, like being a great lawyer, but also that there's a lot of that questions in that too that also you know brings me to the worst part of the whole daredevil mythos and that's foggy nelson that dude's so annoying man but yeah (laughs) there's a lot of a lot of ground that that daredevil broke and he's super popular i think because he's kind of the punisher but just like on the side of good just over that line right he kind of skirts the line between taking it too far, judge, jury, and executioner, being overly violent. We did talk about it in our first episode, Chris. I yeah, think. man, he, he does. He is things. that. You said he's adult. Like when Stan Lee was coming up with the concepts for him, I mean, the starting ground was what does adult Spider-Man look like? And it kind of puts us in that situation where maybe he is some sort of midpoint between Spider-Man and the Punisher. You know? Bingo. And that's kind of what why we love him, because those are all three great characters for different reasons. But, you know, Peter Parker, that moral compass is a, is a big part of his mindset, right? But oh, yeah. Peter Parker always kind of holds the last punch back, right? And Daredevil, Daredevil does not. Punisher definitely doesn't hold any punches. So. This storyline begins with Matt Murdock offing Bullseye. I right. mean, straight murder on television, live television. But what I'm saying is this stuff is interesting because we know his heart, because we know his day job, because we know his faith, because we know all these things about him that he's very passionate about and not fake about, right? That are inside. (laughs) But then when he at night, when he's battling these bad guys and saving people, sometimes he has to go really far to save people. And you said it starts kind of treading in that gray area when he doesn't morally want to be there. I think that's when daredevil stories are at their best. I think that's what the character Mm -hmm. does best. And that, and just, I mean, like I said earlier, Matt Murdock is a tragic figure. He is the tragic figure. I mean, nothing's going to go right for him. You know, no matter what he does, something is about it is going to go wrong. Yeah. It's just, what's going to happen, man. It's just, what's going to happen. And I mean, that's kind of comics, but also that's, that's daredevil, baby. It is comics, right? But it's more Daredevil because it's pivotal to his character and the struggle, right? Because it's not so much about him losing, getting back up and winning eventually like other comic book characters. It's about dark stuff on top of that cycle, the superhero cycle, right? Of losing and then winning and losing. So yeah, very interesting. Closing out our Lord today. We don't have appearance of the beast in the MCU yet, even though there's a lot of hints to it in the Daredevil show. Very interesting. But the hand, the hand is very prolific major part of the daredevil show executed quite well i thought amazing 
that they did so well with that. And they kind of showed like the street level connections to the hand and then they bring it forward and they actually bring the ninjas on screen later. Big part of lecture story in that show. Very good. Watch it, especially with Daredevil Reborn coming next. Oh, man. Time to rewatch the Netflix Daredevil show to get ready for that. But yeah, it's it's cool. They could even do this and it not be cheesy. You know what I mean, Chris? I guess it's the way to say the hand, you know, like on screen. Well, I man, that Daredevil show, that Netflix Daredevil show really was just kind of an anomaly all around, though. It did so many things well. I know. That, for such a that, slow budget. I know. <laughs> I mean, it almost makes you wonder if the Disney Plus shows could do with a lower budget. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of rein in the uh, crutches, the crutches of, of effects and, mm-hmm. you know, just have an amazing. You have to tell a better story when you can't, when you're not saying like, oh, let's throw this in because it looks cool because we can't. Right. And that's how you get creative things like in Daredevil you know, very beginning that one long shot hallway take where he's oh, yeah, battling man. all the guys with his grit and saving the child. And it's one long shot and, you know, and there, and it's the, that was all rehearsal and that was all the camera guys, you know? So it's like, yeah. you don't need budgets for those things, but you do need a lot of time and dedication and a lot more prep. So yeah, it's uh it's an anomaly. Highly recommend it. We have talked about our Daniel episode. I'll talk about it again during Electra one more time, but yeah, I think we got to get into some Shadowland strategy today because, Chris, we're doing three things today in strategy. We're doing Shadowland Daredevil, the Hand Ninjas, and a new leadership Shadow War. So Ooh. let's go. So, Chris, we're going to start off with Shadowland Daredevil. His name is Shadowland Daredevil. His alter ego is Matt Murdock. On his healthy side, he has a stamina of six. He's a small base with a medium move, so normal movement, height of two, and a threat cost of four. His defenses are four physical, three energy, and three mystic. On his injured side, his health goes up to seven because now you've made the beast angry. He's got a health of, you know, 13. And I will read one of his superpowers while we're here. It's radar sense. It's innate. When defending against physical or energy attacks, this character adds blanks in its defense roles to its total successes. No range restriction. This is not martial artist. This is matt's radar sense so that makes that four three three more interesting chris he's tough to bring down he is being able to do that with uh at any range is just kind of nuts but makes sense uh and it uh, helps justify that four threat cost absolutely and i will mention when he flips to his backside props to amg on the flavor his health does go up but his defenses change slightly they go to three physical three energy four mystic because that beast is in full control so yeah his radar sense gets worse for his physical and energy attacks but his mystic which can't use the radar sense goes up so it's kind of like a net positive jesse it's time to talk about his attacks his first attack is a physical attack it is coordinated strike range of two strength of five power cost of zero after this attack is resolved Shadowland Daredevil gains power equal to the damage dealt. After this attack is resolved, if there is not an allied hand ninjas character in play, place it in play within range one of Shadowland Daredevil with an activated token. It is part of your squad. Very cool. Um, A standard strike. Range two. Five dice is good. We, We know five dice is good on strikes. But range two is tough sometimes. But the upside on this is so cool, Chris, because you just get to put the grunts in play for free because this is a free attack. We're going to be looking at all this stuff going forward on the show because this is our first instance of grunts. But how the grunts come into play is very interesting and different from character to character. And it kind of matters because if you're not doing said thing to bring in the grunts, they're just not in the game. And you're not getting your threat value out of them because it seems like a lot of these leaders with grunts are typically not quite worth their threat on their printed card if they didn't have grunts, you know, but they do have grunts. So they're definitely worth their threat. So you've got to get the grunts out doing stuff. So a daredevil, you just have to do some strikes to get it. That also means though, if he can't get in the range too, he can't get them out if they've gone away. So something to think about, but a way that's going to help you get around that. He has a physical attack called baton snare, just like our classic daredevil. It's range four, strength of four power cost of zero. This stack ignores line of sight, and the, and the defending character does not benefit from cover because these batons go right around those corners. And it has a trigger of pursuit. No wild or anything. just happens before damage is dealt. Before damage has gone on the enemy character, 
Matt Murdock may advance short towards the targeting character. So this helps a lot. Not a great attack, but is nice at range four. And it just helps him a lot because he doesn't have a charge. He doesn't have fast movement, you know. So this gets you back on points and stuff. I love a, a an attack with movement attached. I've always loved attacks with movement attached. And especially not having to trigger with a wild or anything is very nice. Yeah, you're just going to do this a lot of the time, Chris, to move. Right. That's all you care about. <laughs> exactly. And then if you get some damage on top of that, you're happy. Exactly. It'd be nice if it built some power, but you know, what can you do? I think you'd be doing this even more than the strike if that was the case potentially, but Good yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Let's talk about his last attack and that is Demon's Devastation. It is a also a physical attack, range 2, strength 7, power cost of 3. If an allied hand ninja's character is within range 2, of the target character, add two dice to the attack roll. On a wild, you will trigger vanish. After this attack is resolved, place this character within range two. Very cool. A lot of dice. Good spender. Yeah. We'll remove all pretense here, Chris. This is the only way Daredevil has to spend power on his card. So this is actually a spender you are going to do a lot. You know, we always recommend on the show, don't do spenders too much, but this one you are going to do a lot because anytime you have three, six power, whatever, you know, you're going to try to do this and just get rid of your power and do a big attack. I mean, nine dice is a lot. The ninjas are out. And keep in mind, the ninjas don't have to be within two of Daredevil. They just have to be within two of the target. So they could be like on the backside of your target like on the flank and you could be on the front side of the target. Right. And you're both range two of the target. Just think of it like in that sort of way. So as long as they're within two as well, it's just getting like two free additional dice. So this is really good with coordinated strike. If the ninjas aren't out, you can strike, hopefully build some power, place the ninjas within two of the target. Hopefully should, should be no problem because you're range two of the target and then pay for demons devastation. They're already in place to proc your demons devastation, give you that nine dice and uh, hopefully days a model. Hopefully I don't think you want to do this with somebody's like full health because <laughs> if they live, they just took a lot of damage and they've got a lot of power. And what's interesting is this changes on the back and we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into his leadership shadow war. And it is a criminal syndicate affiliated leadership. When an allied character attacks an enemy character holding or contesting an objective, it may re-roll one of its attack dice. This leadership ability can re-roll skull results. Getting extra extra dice against people most, playing the game. Yeah, people <laughs> playing the game. I was well said. Yeah, man, that's pretty cool. Because if your opponent's not playing the game, yeah, you're not getting this leadership, but you're winning on points every round. So they're slowly bleeding themselves out points wise. So yeah, uh, rerolling skulls is insane because this makes dice consistency so much better for this faction. And I will mention Chris while we're here for us and the listener at home to keep in mind, even pay to flips, this counts because when you're next to a pay to flip, you're still contesting it, right? Even though it's not like a one you have to sit by and secure, you have to pay to flip it. Oh, I see. You're still next to it. So this works on every objective essentially. So. Just keep that in mind. So yeah, this is X-Force leadership that's contingent, but since it is contingent, you can do it twice instead of once for X-Force, which the once for X-Force is guaranteed, but this the ceiling on this is higher. Once every attack. Yeah, so if you attack twice in a turn. If you attack four times in a turn. Yeah, if your name's Bucky, Barnes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So very consistent dice on this team. And very cool because, you know, we talked about this when this was previewed, Chris, and we got pretty excited because this is nothing like the Kingpin leadership. And when they release leaderships like this, it really does making that mono-affiliated team with two leaders very viable and very fun. And you, you get to decide who am I bringing as my leader? Is it going to be Kingpin? Is it going to be Shadowland Daredevil? Is it going to be both? And I versatile strategy and sw- swap in mid-game between leaderships. This is the world I want to live in with X-Men in the future. You know, this uh, really yeah, is the that's, world. That's coming. That's coming. So I just love this so much. But let's close out his card. He has Radar Sense, which I mentioned. He counts all blanks on his physical and energy defense against attacks. A lot of consistency on his dice because he's counting more sides positively. But it gets better, Chris. He has Stealth. Characters must be within range three of Shadow and Daredevil to target him with attacks. And then he has Wall Crawler because, of course, he does. He's Daredevil. Where do you mention he's not very fast, but being a medium movement, and ignoring terrain helps a lot. It helps a lot. 
So yeah, he's not a long mover. Yeah, he doesn't have a charge. He's a little bit slow, but he can get up on buildings, get into cover. He can laterally move over stuff and escape with objectives. He can do stuff yeah. that other characters can't do, right? Which is good. And he's got grunts. Yeah. He's got a whole nother activator. Like, yeah, he's got a little <laughs> whole other character attached to him, man. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's huge. And I think the stealth is huge because I think I've talked about it a lot on the show, but I'll continue to talk about it because I feel like we've learned more as the game's gone on. Stealth is one of the best defensive techs in the game. Truth. You literally cannot be attacked unless people come inside your stealth range. So it's not like, oh, I got a big defense dice pool and I can add cap shield on it. Like that is defensive tech. That's great. But that's still contingent on rolling dice. When you play stealth characters, if you're making people come to you, since you're doing that, they're losing an action that could be attacking you from range because they're coming to you and losing an action. So it's giving you the best def- defensive tech period because they have to come to you, they get less attacks, and then you can also move away and get in stealth range again if you need to, right? This is why Black Cat's so good because she has stealth. Like if she doesn't oh, have is stealth, that the, is that why? Well, she is has that a why things, Black Chris. Cat's so good? This is not a crash on Black Cat's parade podcast because she wonderfully designed lore wise by the character. But yeah, it's she has long move with stealth, which means yeah, that she very can powerful. get away. She can yes. just get away well, and then you chase her and you only get one attack on her, right? Because you, you got into her stealth range, but then next turn she long moves again. So Matt's a slower version of that. But I just love that he's sitting in stealth. And then when you come inside his range, now he can baton snare you, move short, and then he can strike you like but you had to do all that to get to him. Exactly. It's just incremental wins. It's small value wins throughout the game that add up to winning in round four. Yeah. And that's how you win the game. And that's certainly how you'd win the game at competitive events against more competitive players, right? Is making those decisions, placing those characters at those places that need to be utilizing their abilities in the best possible way. But closing out Matt's card on his backside, his demon's devastation changes, which is cool. Yes, I think this is very cool. Yeah, I mean, Chris just kind of nailed this in lore. It changes from physical to mystic. So it goes from seven physical to seven mystic, which of course is buffed up to nine mystic respectively if the ninjas are within two of the target, just like before. But he also gets a new superpower. We talked about on his front side, he doesn't really have a way to spend power. So you might as well do your spender as much as possible. He has, there's only the beast. It's an active superpower, costs three power, very expensive, but very cool. The next time the demon's devastation attack is used this activation, its range becomes A2 instead of range 2. So now Man. you're doing potentially a 9-dice A2, A2 area. But not only that, if you're on top of an OBJ, because how else are you going to be able to get everyone to be in a little re- <laughs> little area 2 for you? Yeah. You're going to get re-roll, a re-roll on every single one of those 9-dice pools. That's yeah. disgusting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's mystic too, Chris. So like it could get better or worse depending on your matchup. So like demons devastation could be better in your front side against a team that has low physical defense, then use it more on its front side. But then when he switches to his backside, maybe they got good mystic defense. Don't use it as much. It could be completely flipped that scenario. It could be depending on your matchup. So like for instance, demons devastation against web warrior team, not very good on the front side on the backside very good against a web warrior team. They do not like mystic attacks. So I find this very cool that the beast is kind of coming alive and really showing his presence. And yeah, you're spending six power to do it this way. But if you got flipped to your backside, you're going to have six power and you have nothing else to spend it on. Moreover, you're going to do this maybe once a game. Sure. Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. there is only the beast in, in, you know, into demons devastation. It's just, you're not going to be doing it that often. So if you have the opportunity to do it, yeah. Just do it. Don't think about it. Do it. <laughs> Just do it. But it's funny too, the ninjas, like there is some like high level play there too, where they have to be within two of the targets, right? So like maybe some of your targets, you only will get seven dice. And then the other half, you will get the nine, depending on where the ninjas are at with the circle where everyone's falling. But yeah, if the ninjas are right next to you, not right next to Matt, you're probably getting this nine dice on everybody. So interesting, interesting stuff. But Chris, we got to move on to the hand ninjas because we haven't even talked about them yet. And, you know, they are a big part of his kit. The name of the hand ninjas are hand ninjas. They are a grunt character. So the grunt, all the grunt rules apply to them. They have a stamina of two, a move of medium on a medium sized base. So they're very fast, a height of two. Their defenses are 
one physical, one energy, and two mystic, which I really like. But they got a little bit of mystic buff, just cool. Let's talk about their attack. It's a physical attack called Ninja Weapons, range two, strength of four, power cost of zero, because of course grunts don't gain power, so they have no ways right. to spend power. It has a trigger of bleed, but it's two wilds, so I love much that, more man. unlikely. Yeah, I, I love it. I love too, everything right? about these things. I love this this whole concept. Just four dice. You pray you get two wilds to give them bleed, but if not you got a almost free four dice attack is a way to think about it. It's it's pretty close to free. And I got to talk about their two superpowers while we're here because it'll make more sense with Matt's kit. So we're going to talk about Ninja Ambush first. It's a innate power. When the hand ninja is placed onto the battlefield as a result of the coordinated strike or ancient throwing blade special rules. So coordinated strike is Matt's strike. Ancient throwing blades is Electra's strike. So when they're placed out from the strike, which we just talked about on Matt's card, the hand ninja may make an attack. So even when they're getting put out, Chris, with that activated token, they get one attack. This just makes Matt's kit even better because I was talking about how paramount it was earlier to get them out for free because that's just such a net positive. Well, it's an even more net positive now because they get a free attack too and you're getting them out for free. So you want to be striking a lot with Matt to get these guys out and get them to do stuff. And same with Electra. Well, that's good news because I love throwing dice. Yeah, and what's not to love about just a bunch of little four dice katana rolls that could get bleed, maybe, but also get a reroll under Matt's leadership. So it's really five exactly. dice. So they have... One active superpower. Uh, it is called Ninja Vanish. It is a power cost of zero, of course, because they can neither gain nor spend power. This action is move one asset or civilian token being held by this character to another allied character within range three. The allied character is now holding that token. A character cannot hold more tokens than allowed by the crisis due to this superpower. Then this character is KO'd. Ninja Vanish. That's it's right. Awesome. It is awesome. Just run, yeah, run up, grab it, and pass it off to who you want to have it. So cool. Yeah, it's it's really powerful. It's a really powerful turn one play because you can you can pick up a hammer with the ninjas, throw it back to Bullseye or Winter Soldier or Matt Murdock, and you can double move Matt, and then they vanish, they go away, and then you can double move Matt Murdock to a secure right and and you just kind of got like double action economy in a way cuz you went with two characters yes and and nested in one act- activation but you got an extract and you got to a secure and that's what we want to do turn 1 you know, we, we want to do as much of that as possible and keep parity with our opponent or be up one or two than our opponent and this this helps you do that potentially which is really great i agree it's i think it's an amazing tactic but i think we have to finish the hand ninjas off here I think we got to go ahead and make them vanish by talking about their last power, and that is the innate superpower, the hand. The hand ninjas cannot contest secure objective tokens. The hand ninjas do not have to pay power when interacting with civilian or asset tokens. So no secures. They interact with the extracts for free, of course, because that's all they can do is for free. So, yeah, you know. Little bit of a price to pay there, but it, it's in line with what we've seen with other grunts. So and the the hydra grunts are the opposite of this, I believe. Right. They can't touch extracts, but they can sit by secure. So we are seeing sort of this interplay with grunts where they can't spend power at all. They don't have good attacks, but they do one cool thing with either extracts or now the hydro troops secures. So I find that very cool. And closing out their card. They have the innate superpower grunts, and then you, of course, have their parent characters that they go with and only with. So it's either Elektra or Shadowland Daredevil. So keep in mind, you're never going to use these ninjas outside of said characters. I find that very cool. I still find that a very elegant solution that AMG chose to not have this game be flooded by low threat characters like a hand ninja, like a shield agent. Because I could just totally see somebody running a list like, oh, here's my list. I've got hand ninjas. I've got shield agents. I've got Hydra troops, and then I've got affiliated characters to make my team, you know, and they just completely dodged that bullet. Very smart. But yeah, Chris, I think the big cool thing these guys do is they come out and make a free attack when Matt, Matt or Electra bring them out. Shield is not like that. Shield doesn't have the free attacks. And they also have this ninja vanish where they just get to throw something back to a safer spot. Very cool. I, I love them. 
I, I seriously, I do. We'll talk the shield agents in the future and kind of how they mirror these and do also different things than these. And I find it very cool that we've got both in the game. And yeah, uh, respect that to mystic defense because they could crit out and just not die. If you're talking about the mystic attack and that's harrowing because uh, these characters, the longer they're out in the game, the more free actions they get on a character that didn't really exist. Right. That's whittling you down in a different way, in a way of winning the game, as Chris said earlier. It's just little decisions and little actions that, you know, the Electra or Shadow and Daredevil player are kind of getting. There's kind of like they're getting four actions a turn because if you leave them up and comes back around to their turn, they will be unactivated and they will get to go before Matt. So we're not even worried about the free attack then because we're just going to perform two attacks with them or we're going to move them and perform a free attack on a lower threat character. And then Matt's going to go and take his two actions because keep in mind, grunts always have to go before their parent, always have to take their two actions for the parent and then the parent takes their two actions. So also as you, the player that's playing them, be careful because they could just be free power for your opponent. You know, your opponent's got good killing characters. Don't put these in front of Laura Kenny. She's just going to eat them and trigger frenzy right yes i love the interplay with the grunts and i find it so cool and yeah i just love that they are adding something new to the game and talking about something new to the game we talked about this new leadership we will talk about one tactics card shuriken arashi so this is a card that can be used during shadowland daredevil's turn shuriken arashi it's a unaffiliated active card during shadowland daredevil's activation he may spend two power to play this card if there's an allied hand ninja character within two of shadowland daredevil shadowland daredevil may use the shuriken arashi attack shown above once this activation range cover and line of sight are measured from the hand ninjas instead of shadowland daredevil so very cool get get yourself a little bit more range keep in mind hand ninjas are medium-sized base so you're getting more range off of this attack it's a physical attack a range of three strength of 10 power cost of zero before creating the dice pool for this attack the target character may advance short very interesting then if the target character is benefiting from cover from this attack this attack rolls five fewer attack dice after the attack is resolved remove all allied hand ninjas from the battlefield so this is a big attack right but you've got to get it right that's a lot of dice that's a lot of dice this is a perfect card for our kitchen table games and our fun yes. games at home because it's just it's just a lot of dice and presumably chris you went with the ninjas two actions before this maybe perform two attacks and then maybe you performed one attack or one move with shadowland and then you performed this attack with shadowland so yeah that's just a lot of attacks that one turn very cool the problem is they get to they get to advance they get to choose where they move so it's a little tough but here's the thing if you're like base to base you're range two they can't get away and oh they probably yeah you're not cover, you're not period. gonna play this you're not going to play this from range three. You have to be up close and personal. Yeah. Yeah. That's too risky. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a gamble. It's why we don't see it as much, but it is very fun. But Chris, that's all we're going to read for tax cards today. Cause we have more on our Electra episode coming up, but we're going to talk about the criminal syndicate here for a little bit as in the shadow war, some criminal syndicate, or as we lovingly refer to it in the community as Shadowlands Criminal Syndicate. This is a very different team from Kingpin's team. Kingpin wants tanky, big characters that can't be moved off points, obviously, because they count as two, and some lower threat characters to splash and to have, like Bullseye, to kind of fill out your team and set up more points. Though Daredevil does definitely want Bullseye, which I find very interesting lore-wise on his team, doesn't really want tanky guys on his team. He wants characters that perform a lot of attacks and get used to these rerolls, right? Oh, so are you implying that rapid fire is real good here? <laughs> it's real good here, as in it's always real good in the game, and it's just better in his team, frankly, because every rapid fire attack could potentially go up one more dice depending on what your opponent's doing on the map and we know not all characters get to automatically do their rapid fires a lot of them need hits to perform the next rapid fire so this not only helps get more dice into your opponent but also helps you get off more rapid fires in general not so bad it's not bad getting rid of skulls too like you're like i've got one dice that i could reroll, but it's a skull well i can fix that in this team and do more damage potentially it just offers a level of consistency that you don't see with every team, especially when it comes to building power and getting damage in. I, while I don't know that I would consider this really an attrition team, they definitely do have potential to put out big damage. They are an attrition team, but maybe not in the way probably what you're thinking. You're thinking sure. like 
you're thinking like table the the enemy force yeah with a taller team probably yeah yeah this is like a wide attrition team which is very scary because shadowlands daredevil is four threat you're gonna want to bring mainly three threats in this team and i find that interesting it's one of those three threat swarm teams in a way Uh, you've got some twos as well and yeah bullseye he's really good in this team because he's affiliated and he works with it but also, Chris, you've got characters like Hood. I'm sorry, they just, just get way better in this team because he has a mystic. Oh, really? Hood gets way better. Neat. Yeah, he has a mystic rapid fire pistol attack, which is very unique. But then, of course, his demon side, he already hits harder than an average three threat on his demon side. So in this team, he hits even harder on his demon side. But I think it's really about him getting as consistent rapid fires on his mystic pistols because. Yes. He's getting the power to heal more and he's getting just good range attacks. And then when people come into him, he can turn into a demon, potentially daze or KO them, right? Yeah. So those are like some primary characters affiliated with the team. But I know we always talk about splash characters. And I this is actually a team I have played a lot of, Chris, and I've tried a lot of splash characters. And there's some really fun ones. And this is a team that gives you a lot of creative liberty. Any three threat or like two threat that you really like that has some good attacks probably works really well in this team. An honorable mention before we get into the three threats and two threats, Killmonger is nuts in this team. Oh yeah. We know how Killmonger is. Sometimes he just blanks out on his dice, even with right. rerolls. So I play that's cable. The, yes. Yeah. You play cable. That's the risk you're taking with Killmonger, but this shores up some of his weaknesses because it gives him one reroll on each attack in the game, which helps him out a lot. And uh, he's criminal syndicate. It's just, he's a four threat. And I already said, you're going to have, Less room for four threats, more room for threes and twos because you have a four threat leader and you want to go wide when you can. But some honorable mentions that I really like in this team, Winter Soldier. He's kind of insane in this team. I mean, he's already one of the better characters in the game right now. This is his best home because a rapid fire from range five with rerolls, it's going to it's gonna hit the second trigger, right? So that's, yes. just, that's just four attacks on him every turn, potentially, probably. And his is the only rapid fire in the game that's a true strike that builds power, right? So you're also helping him build tons of power, thinking that he can hide your tactics and and, um, do his place off of his allies. And also you can do his spender more often because he has more power in this team because of the rerolls on the strike, et cetera, et cetera. I also think he kind of fits the theme in a cool way. Yeah, he's not Shadowlands in the way of comics and stuff, but he is a great rogue agent for this team. Like as in mechanically in the game, strategy wise, and also just like the theme kind of works where it's like, yeah, we hired Bucky. Oh yeah, it's it's all assassins. Yeah, and he's affiliated with Shadowlands. He's helping me get my affiliation. And we got all these assassins that just are rolling a bunch of dice at you from from distance. Yeah, so that's honorable mention number one. Honorable mention number two, Chris, is X-23. Well, of course. I mean- We've sang her praises on the show a lot. They're a fighty list. She's mm-hmm. the fightiest of fighting threes. Why wouldn't you she bring her? She has one reroll on herself. Oh, yeah. Dude, she's she not an X-Force alone, just from the from <laughs> oh, the less rerolls, you know? But yeah, in this affiliation, if she's getting a reroll, I mean, obviously, you've got to be targeting people on objectives or holding tokens for these you rerolls that we are so generously handing out here. We're making right. it sound like you get them constantly, but please understand that is not the case. You should be picking crises that are going to help you get rerolls as much as possible. It's kind of what we're getting at here. But if you successfully do that, there's not many threes that are going to be better than Laura in that kind of list. Just There's just not. No, and like her frenzy also can potentially... exactly get more rerolls because she's getting a free out of action attack right so like yeah it's every attack it's you have yes, the potential it, to get that reroll it doesn't matter if it's yeah. an out of action attack in action attack if it's extra or a triggered attack it doesn't matter if it says it's an attack you can potentially reroll it with this shadowland affiliation right also remember too that she doesn't like skulls and this helps her get around her skulls that too mitigate, she mitigates that yep yeah, her assassin training, this gets around that too. So yeah, she's getting two rerolls every attack, presumably, and if you're attacking the right targets. Absolutely huge. And just makes her consistent. And I think most of the characters you want in this team are rapid fire ranged characters. So it is interesting I mentioned Laura because she is a shorter range character. And that's kind of showcases her powers with the frenzy, with the healing factor, and why you're just taking her with this range to attack mainly and her range three on the spender. Because her other things shore up the weaknesses of her not having rapid fire and 
longer range attacks and stuff. But closing out with a couple more range attacks, I say range three or further is what I would consider range attack in this game. Medusa is really good in this team, Chris, because she gets a reroll on herself already. Give her another reroll. She can trigger more flurries. She can trigger more pushes, right? It's just better for her and getting her engine going. Very cool that Medusa can fit that mold. Can I just say something real quick? Yeah. Medusa is still really good. That's all. (laughs) I know. She's still really good. I understand she got nerfed. Amazing character. I understand that a character post nerf, the immediate the immediate reaction is oh nerf trash. No, she's still awesome. Still player. That's it. I'm done. Now she's great, and she kind of shores up some of their lack of control because this team does have a big weakness. They don't really have control. You're just rolling raw dice, and so maybe that means early game you're not going to do as much, but then mid game, late game, you're going to swing hard. And just clear the table, right? That's kind of how teams like this work, being an attrition team. But yeah, keeping the ranged attack thing going. We already mentioned they're bringing Bullseye. If you're bringing a second two threat, strongly consider Rocket. Because Rocket, with a five dice attack, with a reroll, making it six for a two threat. And it's an energy attack. I know. And you force your opponent to deal with him, which they don't really want to do. They don't come to his booby trap range. They want to prioritize higher threat targets. And Rocket's just sitting back there sniping. And it is very cool. And once again, kind of that hired assassins hired mercenaries theme of this team you know working with the hand it's fun it's really fun and closing out our hired assassins fun splash characters discussion punisher now chris you and i have played some games i played punisher in this team a long time ago had a lot of fun i think he's as good as he was then if not better with these pieces around him but something i will mention punishers rapid fire does not need a hit to trigger it just happens so his rapid fire is just happening. So he's always getting four attacks if he wants it. He's pretty good right now, too. He does have Mystique's blow up terrain, deal auto damage to you. We know how good it is on Mystique. He's also got his from range sniper attack with a reroll. It's already 10 dice. So stupid. Top it all off. He has synergy with this leadership because when you kill the ninjas, he gets a yeah. punishment token, right? Oh, man. Just so too then you're much, like, yeah, you're like, too should much I kill synergy. the ninjas? Yeah, should I kill the? Well, the, the thank goodness he the, he doesn't have the synergy of he can never be affiliated and he can never benefit from affiliated cards. So that's kind of part of it, right? Like a full circle. His weakness, his one weakness, and why we don't see much of him in the game continually, right? Is he Truth. just doesn't have that stuff. But I find it fun because this is a gunline team, gunline attrition team, as opposed to like my current love, which is the gunline shield team, which is not attrition it's defensive so i find this just fun and we're going to dive more into this leadership as we get further along the series but those are some honorable mentions at the top kind of frame your ideas of like who to bring on these teams and i mentioned mystique because she's just as good as punisher (laughs) she also has access to deception she has rapid fires she's long mover with stealth i mean she fits right in this team as well she's great but notice what I'm saying, Chris, this team's uh, one of those weird teams in the game where you feel comfortable splashing a lot of characters because you don't really care about your tactics cards as much. You care about utilizing the leadership more. So that kind of usurps the tactics cards of the criminal syndicate and this team in particular. And you're going to have power in your criminals, hopefully, to use your tactics cards when you're ready. So you're kind of like balancing that feature of the team. And uh, Bucky helps you balance that because he's counts for your team during list building great point it's always good to have that kind of flexibility when you're splashing so much and relying so much on three threat models you might you might limit your roster a little bit yeah and you might bring more generic tactics cards right because you just know i'm gonna have less criminals but that's kind of my play style with this team that i've chosen so i'm just gonna kind of have one or two and then the rest are gonna be good tactics cards or fun named character cards deception anyone deception exactly or something like blood red and personal on punisher something a little harder than deception but when it gets off really fun so yeah just start framing your ideas or we'll just start thinking about the team in that way and um we're gonna continue down this path with more criminals in the future fury's finest is supported by our wonderful patrons you can become a fury's finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Follow the show online. Find us on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast and Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch at Fury's Finest. Email us at Fury's Finest at gmail.com and leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It helps the show grow and expand. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our show's music. And please help spread the word. The game is growing at a rapid pace. Let's get more Fury's Finest heads. I don't know. I don't know what you guys are called. But no, let's let's grow the game, man. That's what this podcast is all about. Creating communities, growing the game. 
loving the lore. That's right. So uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Thank you for that. Finest listeners. You can find Chris and I online. You can find me, Jesse, on Twitter and Instagram at Jesse Aiken. That's J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. Chris, where can everyone find you? Follow me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. Jesse, the NBA training camp is just around the corner, baby. There it is. All can't right. wait. I can't wait. Well, it was really fun to return to the world of Daredevil, and I'm looking forward to more of it in the future as me we too. have more Daredevil-adjacent content. I've got a killer reading recommendation for Electra next week, too. I'm excited. Can't wait. Can't wait. But until next time, thanks for listening, true believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 